and let's say they are what we call a first-time homeowner. So the feeling of shukr they have when they make that payment and they enter their house and they feel that they own their own home, that feeling of shukr, that same heartfelt gratitude should remain as intense even as the years pass and maybe they're owning that home for one, two, three generations even. They should be as grateful to Allah SWT for that ni'mah, that blessing of having a home and a roof and a house as thankful as they were the very first day they got it. That's shukr. So that the shukr remains. So this is the levels or the range of the shukr of the mu'mineen. Then the shukr of the salikin, those who are treading the path of saluk and trying to go beyond the level of basic shukr and to have the shukr of muttaqeen, the shukr of the salihin, the shukr of the awliya. That means that they will, yes, number one, be grateful to Allah Ta'ala when He gives them a ni'mah, bounty and blessing. Number two, they will strive, this is their mujahada, they will strive to remain equally, constantly grateful as long as they have that blessing. And number three, that if they ever lose that blessing, if Allah Ta'ala takes it back from them, they will still have shukr for the time they had that blessing. This is the level of shukr of salakim. Why? Because they realize that whatever bounty and blessing they had is not due to their own attainment, their own accomplishment, their own achievement. No. They always attribute it purely to the ihsan and tawfiq, the generous grace and beneficence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they feel that, Ya Allah, I had this blessing and now I've lost it. But still I make sugar to you that you gave me that blessing. Actually, actually I was unworthy of even having that blessing for even a few moments of my life. It was only your karam, your fuzzle, your generous grace and your kindness upon me that you allowed me to have that blessing for so many years that even now when I no longer have that blessing, still the feeling of shukr and gratitude and thankfulness I have to you, Allah Ta'ala, is as much as it was from the very first day I got that blessing. This is called becoming of the shakirin. This is called maqam of shukr. You see, if a person is sometimes grateful and sometimes forgetful, so those moments in times when they're grateful, that's called halatul shukr. They're in a hal a state of thankfulness and sugar. But sometimes they're in that state, sometimes they're out of that state. And if a person's heart is always constantly feeling sugar for Allah SWT, that's not called hal, that's called maqam. They have now entered maqam of sugar. They are now in a state of being. Their very being, their existence, their nature, their temperament, their personality, their taba, their mizaj is one of being grateful. So now they're in maqam of shukr they've become from the shakirin. So the salikin, the people on, we are treading this path of tasawwuf, tazkiya, suluk, tariqa, we are simply trying to develop further the very same attributes of iman that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah 
but we're trying to get those attributes more and more, deeper and deeper, better and better. So one thing is the shukr of the mu'mineen, and second is the shukr of the salikin. Always grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another attribute we can take is sabr. So first degree of sabr, sabr of the mu'mineen, means that when any difficulty befalls a person, calamity, trial, test, tribulation, worry, to be patient. To be patient and to endure that difficulty. And to remain pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nonetheless. This is one aspect of sabr. And this is the type of sabr to not react and to not be upset, to not be provoked. This is one aspect of sabr. And this is the very least summer that all of the Allazina Amanu, the Mu'mineen, the believers should have. Then comes another level of summer, which is the summer that the Salakin must aspire to. And that is what we call Himma, Istiklal, means to have fortitude and perseverance. What does it mean? That no matter how difficult a time a person may be facing, how big a test they may be facing to remain steadfast, to persevere on their deen notwithstanding and irrespective of the trials and tests and tribulations around them. This is a certain level of himma. And then beyond that, summer means to have the himma, the willpower, the strength, the endurance to keep fighting the nafs, to keep making ibadah, to keep striving for tahajjud, to keep making zikr of Allah Ta'ala, to follow the sunnah in every matter. All of this requires a constant effort. That is also sabr. Like Allah Ta'ala said in Quran al-Kareem, وَسْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّكَ That make sabr of your own self means make your own being steadfast and firmly attached and regularly connected to those people who call upon their Rabb in the morning and the evening seeking his pleasure only and only for the sake of his pleasure so this is also a type of sabr so this is the level of sabr that the salikin have to try to aspire to now in this day and age the sawwuf has also become that branch of deen of Islam that teaches even basic mu'mineen, basic shukr and basic summer. So actually from the very earliest beginning level, all the advanced level, getting these feelings of summer and shukr and many other feelings, sifat of mu'mineen, is something that we learn from this branch of tazkiyah and tasawuf. Now, what happens is, is that when a person progresses further on this path, they go further on this path of suluk, then the more a person goes, the more summer and more sugar they need. And many times people, sometimes they will express or write to us and they say, that, you know, I've been involved in the sawuf and zikr and tariqah for X number of years, and I don't know why I'm feeling a kind of a lull. I'm going through a low period. 
I'm not able to do my zikr. I don't feel like waking up for the hajjud. I haven't been able to control my anger. I don't know what's the matter with me. And I've been doing this for years. And this is what shaitan does, tries to make a person feel depressed. Makes a person feel let down. Makes a person feel hopeless. This is the moment when a person needs to have shukr and sabr. And another very important thing is that the ordinary believer will feel that there are certain times in which it is appropriate for me to have shukr, which is when things are going the way I wanted, when I'm doing well financially, when everything is going according to plan, when I'm happy, those are the times I should make shukr. And then there will be a different set of times when things are going against my plan, when I face some setback, when I'm struggling, that is the time I should make sabr. So for the mu'mineen, there are times of shukr and times of summer. For the salikin, every moment is a moment of sabr and every moment is a moment of shukr because they're trying to reach the maqam. And again, the maqam of sabr and maqam of shukr mean that a person is always feeling the feelings of sabr and always feeling the feelings of shukr. So when that salik, when the secret on this path says that I'm feeling a down patch, I don't feel like making zikr, I don't feel like praying to hajjud, my heart is not in my ibadah, I don't know what to do. So this is that time when the salik needs to have sabr and shukr. So that when Allah Ta'ala takes a blessing away, or when we lose a blessing because of our sins or our laziness, we remain grateful to Allah Ta'ala forever even ever having even experienced that blessing in the first place. So at this point, when the Salaam says, I'm slipping in my zikr, slipping in my tahajjud, they should make shukr. Shukr for the past zikr that they made. Shukr to Allah Ta'ala that you guided me to deen, you guided me to iman, you guided me to ikhlas, you guided me to the path of tasawwuf and tazkiyah, you guided me to zikr. Shukr to Allah Ta'ala for all those times we made zikr, all those du'as we made, all the times we may have gone to Umran, Hajj, all of the good gatherings beyond the we were able to attend, all the good mashayik and all the we were able to spend time with, to make shukr for that, even if we don't have it now. The reason is, is that because we'll realize that, Ya Allah, whenever I had this blessing, even though I lost this blessing of zikr now, whenever I had it, it was only because of you. You see, the mistake a person falls into is ujub. Ujub means vanity, conceit, love for the self. And especially here, ujub means that a person attributes success to their own effort. So they get sad. You see, a person who thinks that I was walking due to my own skill, my own ability, my own strength, then if all of a sudden they fall down, they will start crying. But if a person realizes that I was walking not due to any ability or strength of my own, purely and purely due to the fuzzle and karam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when they fall down, then they say, yes, this is who I normally am. This is who I am, that I'm fallen creature. And now I should remember all those times Allah ta'ala enabled me to walk, and I make shukr to you, Ya Allah, that you were so kind to me. You actually let me make zikr, you let me pray to hajjud, you let me lower the gaze, you let me control anger. Allah, all of that was not due to any ability of mine, but it was only due to the grace of yours. And now, Allah, I have lost these blessings, but again, I'm turning to you that you should pick me up out of this. That is shukr.
that is the way the shukr will benefit a person on the path of saluk further down the road. Further down the road. Similarly, sabr. Sabr means himma, that a person has to keep making effort. And actually in this path of taskiya, the more, more a person progresses in this path, the more himma, the more effort they have to make. A person can be on the path of taskiya for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Allah subhanahu keeps testing the person. It's a very delicate path. It's a very sensitive path. It's a path where we have to be very careful. Very careful in how we proceed. And the more we proceed, and the more we proceed in our deen, the more himma, the more strength, the more willpower, the more endurance we need. What happens in the beginning is that a person makes large, large strides and large gains. When we first start this path of tazkiyah, we make tawbah from our sins, we start following the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah, we start falling in love with Allah Taala. we attend gatherings of Mashaikh and Uliya. In the beginning, a person makes a lot of traveling. Travel very far. Every step they take leads them further and further into deen. But then as time goes by and they start doing amal on the fara'id, the wajibat, the sunnahs, then further progress requires much more effort. Before, maybe to use a figurative term, maybe every step they took they would travel one mile. As they keep traveling, traveling, then every step they take they just travel a few feet. So now if they want to travel a mile, before one step went one mile, and now maybe a hundred steps means one mile, so they need more himma. We need more sabr. Sabr in this sense, the meaning of sabr as endurance, fortitude, perseverance, effort, willpower. We need more of that to get more and more close to Allah Santa. So sugar and sabr are two attributes that every believer needs but we especially those who are trying to seek the pleasure of Allah Taala, trying to become muttaqeen trying to become salihin so those people who are trying they're called salihin in Arabic salihin need shukr and sabr more and more for example Allah said in Quran لَإِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَذِينَنَّكُمْ that if you are grateful to me Allah Taala, you know, Allah Taala says if you're grateful to Allah Taala. Allah says, surely and surely Allah Ta'ala will necessarily increase you in those blessings. So all of these things, zikr, muraqabah, tilawat, dua, umrah, hajj, itigaf, taqwa, haya, ikhlas, all of these were blessings from Allah Ta'ala. And if a person ever feels, no, I've lost it, I'm losing it, I've fallen into a rut, it must mean must, it must mean that along with maybe other possible reasons, one reason is that they failed to make enough sugar. Sugar for the zikr that they went, Allah Ta'ala gave them tawfiq to do, sugar for the tahajjid Allah Ta'ala gave them tawfiq to do, because if they had made sugar, Allah Ta'ala has made a universal law, that if you are grateful to me, Allah Ta'ala, then I, Allah Ta'ala, will increase you in those blessings. 
So if we feel them instead of an increase, we're decreasing. When people say that my zikr is going down, my tahajjud is going down, I feel my deen is going down, it must mean we didn't make shukr. So that's why the more and more Islamic progresses on this path, the more and more shukr they have to make. So much so that they should end up feeling that anything and everything I do is not because of any skill or talent or ability of mine, not because of any effort or sacrifice of mine, not because of any accomplishment or achievement of mine, but rather it is only and only due to the grace and the favor of Allah for which I am eternally thankful, deeply thankful, always feeling the feelings of shukr. As long as we constantly feel the feelings of shukr, then inshallah we will be mahfuz, will be preserved from these downfalls. But if whenever we lapse in the shukr, then we lose the promised increase that Allah Taala has promised in Quran, the azid al that Allah Taala will give us ziyada, Allah Taala will increase us and multiply us in His blessings. So if it's spiritual blessings, it means Allah will increase us in the taqwa that we have, increase us in the haya that we have, in the salat, the hundred zikr that we have, etc. So very important for the salik to have shukr, and very important for the salik to have sabr. In fact, this path is so delicate that in the beginning, Allah can punish a person because they commit sins. But as the person progresses further and further in saluk, Allah can punish a person for lack of istikama, for lack of ikhlas, not even just absence of ikhlas, lack of ikhlas. For example, a person did the right action with the right intention, and they did do it for Allah Ta'ala, but they didn't feel that feeling strongly enough. Even comes a time where Allah Ta'ala will catch a person on this. But why didn't you want to do it more, with more heartfelt love? Why is it less heartfelt love? Allah Akbar. So the further and further a person goes on deen, the more and more they get tested. This is why we feel that when we read Sahaba Ikram and the great awliyaullah of this ummah used to be so afraid of the test of the Day of Judgment and had so much fear of Allah Taala. Perhaps it's because Allah Taala had tested them so much in their life. Allah Taala tested their ikhlas, tested their taqwa, tested their istiqama, and they realized how difficult these tests were. So then they were, I would imagine, then they could only imagine but how difficult must the test of the day of judgment be? And that's why despite them being Sahaba, despite them being Allah, despite all of the, the hajjud and dua and ibadah they would make, still they would be scared of that day of judgment because they'd be scared of the test that they would have to face. And so it's nature. When Allah SWT keeps testing a person and the more and more we go indeed, then the, from the beginning the test comes because of our sins, Later the test can come because of our hypocrisy. That's why Sayyidina Rasulullah in a very well-known hadith narrated by Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim they mentioned that on the Day of Judgment the first people who would be dragged into the fire of Jahannam first will be an alim and second will be a, 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 a qari first will be a qari second will be a mujahid and third will be a sahih 
What does it mean that Allah will ask this person, and what did you do? And the person will recite the Quran, and Allah will say, yes, you did so, but you did so not entirely for me, but you did it also because you wanted people to say that, oh, so-and-so is a great Qali, and that person will be sent to Jahannam, and then second, there will be a Mujahid, and Allah will ask them, and they will say, yes, Allah, I offered my life for you. And Allah says, yes, but you also did it so that people would remember you as Shaheed and remember you as a martyr and people will remember you fondly. And the third person will say, Allah, you gave me so many bounties and blessings financially. So I used to give a lot in charity, if you said, for your pleasure. And Allah said, yes, you did, but you also did it so that people would say that you were a generous person and then Allah Ta'ala will cast all three of them into the fire of hell. So this means that Allah Ta'ala test look at the body and the mujahid. So these are people who are further advanced in deen, who have gone further in deen, so their test is even more intense. They're not being tested on whether they sinned or didn't sin outwardly. They're not being tested on anything else. They're being tested on their ikhlas, did they have perfect ikhlas? Did they have bad ikhlas? The more and more a person knows about Allah Taala, learns about deen, learns about Quran, learns about Sunnah, the more and more they worship Allah Taala, and the more Allah Taala will test them. Allah Taala is giving them to get His qurb to draw closer and closer and closer to Him. So on this path, in deen generally. We need to have shukr in summer, but especially on this path of saluk, a person needs to have constant summer, constant effort and striving. These days, there are Olympic Games, and you'd be amazed that people train for years just to prepare for the qualifiers. And if they qualify, which normally takes place a couple of years, I would assume, before the Olympics, if they manage to qualify, then again they will train for two, three years until the date of the actual Olympics. It means they give years of their life. So much himma. This is also a type of sabr, a type of willpower, a type of effort. And what is it for? Just for their game, for their sport. And sometimes some of these sports last just a matter of seconds. For example, in the Summer Olympics, there's something called the 100-meter dash. It's a sprint. It's a fast run. And people run this in 9.5, 9.8 seconds for less than 10 seconds of their life. They will spend years and years training. In fact, they have so much himma, so much willpower, that if they find out that there's a particular type of food, that if I eat this food, then my health will go slightly down. And then on that day, instead of running the 100 meters at 9.8 seconds, I will run it at 9.82 seconds. Because of that, they will leave eating that food entirely for years, leading up to that event. If they find out that sleeping in a particular position or posture is not really ideal for their knee, and if they sleep in this particular way, which is their own natural other, their own natural habit, and the way they're normally used to falling asleep, but if somebody tells them that this could cause you to lose one or two fractions, not even seconds, one or two fractions of a second on that day in the race, they will stop sleeping that way. They will keep themselves slightly awake 
or conscious at night, they will make sure they don't sleep in that way. They will change so many things. This is called saluk. These people are actually salik. They're actually making effort and striving to their fullest extent, to their utmost ability for a particular goal, which was their physical fitness, their athletic skill, their athletic prowess at that particular game or that particular sport. Just like that, the salik, those mu'mineen who are salikeen, they're supposed to be the ones who are striving to get their spiritual fitness, striving very hard to get a particular goal and objective, which is taqwa, and which is sunnah, and which is qurb, and which is the raza to be completing Allah And they too, if there's anything that can slightly be even a slight impediment in them reaching their objective, they will sacrifice it. That's called sabr. That's called himma. That's called strength. That's called willpower. And the greatest sabr was Nabi Akreem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then all of the Anbiya, then the Sahaba, then the Allah. And really Nabi Akreem sallallahu has led the most purposeful life in the history of humanity. The most dynamic life in the history of humanity. And he made the most effort of any human being in any endeavor when he tried to spread the, mesh, the mission and message of Deen of Islam when he made da'wah to people to accept iman, this was the most intense effort that any human being has ever made in all of history, past and since. So if our Nabi was a Nabi, sallam, of himma, of effort and striving, then we are his ummah, then every ummati should also be a person of striving and effort and of himma. So these two attributes of shukr and sabr very necessary necessary for ordinary believers mu'mineen al-lazina amanu and also extremely necessary for those who want to become the salikeen the salikeen muttakeen yani those believers who are salikeen who are seeking the paths that lead to the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa that are seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa then, if a person can have this feeling of sugar and this feeling of sabr both simultaneously, like we mentioned, the ordinary believer will think that, okay, right now is a moment of sugar, and later, okay, now is a moment of sabr. But the salakin know that sugar and sabr both have to be felt all the time. That they're both attributes of our iman. And they must both coexist in this one heart all the time. That the heart should always have iman and they should always have shukr and summer. So when a person is in saluk, he should always have shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for whatever taqwa and haya and zikr Allah ta'ala at least enabled us to have. Not that we should think that I managed to do so much and then the rest I couldn't do. No. That whatever I did was entirely due to the fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa And if we have this understanding, then inshallah it will become easier for us to become people of summer, to become people of sugar, to become salikeen who are steadfast.
because this path, like we mentioned, is very delicate, very sensitive. If a person doesn't constantly make sugar, constantly make sabr, sometimes there may even come a stage in this path when Allah Taala tests a person in such a way that because of their lack of sabr or their lack of sugar, Allah Taala make them go astray. And when Allah Taala lets a person go astray, there is no power, no might, no force that can set that person aright again. It should be our effort and our desire and our dua to Allah Taala that He give us the highest level of sabr, the highest level of sugar, and that we never ever want to stray from this path of Sirat al We should always remember that Himma, strength and sabr, also means this, like sometimes we explain, I'm sure on this program also, that to stand up and fight the good fight. But okay, if our nafs is defeating us, we will also try to defeat our nafs. In the beginning, the nafs, Allah SWT has called it, Inna nafsa la'amadatum bisu'i, that the nafs and nafs amara. You see, what prevents us from doing this separate and shukr? It's our nafs. The very beginning, it might also be shaitan, dunya, makhluk, shaitan, or the world, or some worldly occupation, worldly attraction, or it might be makhluk, some member of creation. But as the person develops a bit more in their deen, then what really keeps them back is their nafs. This nafs is amara, this nafs is supremely commanding. That indeed this nafs is supremely commanding, dominating a person and leading them towards evil. This is why Mashaik of Pasof and Taskir should emphasize so much fighting against the nafs, disciplining the nafs, facing the nafs, curing the nafs, because the nafs is the basis for the problem that we have. And the nafs is the reason our sentence we fail to do shukr and fail to do sabr. If we were to adopt these two attributes in our life, sabr and shukr, then we would have the attributes of the sifat of the characteristics of Sayyidina as opposed to just being empty shells with nominal allegiance to his ummah. No. We want to have the true sabr and the truth that collect our heart so that we become muttaqeen salihin mu'mini. This has to be one of our objectives that in addition to everything else that we may want to become in life, every other plan, hope, aspiration, this should be there. In fact, this should be first and foremost of our goals and objectives and dreams that we become amongst the sabirin and shakirin, that we become amongst the muttaqeen and mukhlisin. And unfortunately, in the past years, we have seen some people who, because they didn't have sugar, or they didn't have summer, they ended up going astray. So it is our du'at to Allah tonight that He make each and every one of us get the true summer and true sugar, the beginning of it, the end of it, the ultimate level of it, the reality of it, and he make us amongst the sabirin and shafirin. Wa akhirun da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. 